0: We're just wonderful. We are. We are. We are. We are doing the lesson, uh, the Bible study, continuing it. It's called Lessons from Elijah. And I don't really know what chapter we're on, but um, we're just treading right along and picking up where Chris left off last week. So uh, let's just pray before we get started. And I'll hand that over to Linda because um, she can pray. (laughs) Precious Father, thank
1: you for being here with us. Thank you for speaking through Erica and I. We're expecting you to show up and to do your marvelous work, and every word and thought and deed said will be to your honor and your glory. And Father, thank you for doing this for us and through this. Now may we have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and then if questions need to come, they'll come from you and you will have the answers. Thank you, Lord. One of the funnest things about this lesson was the very first line on your paper. When um, I received the copy to go over before we started uh, studying this, the first line says, God asked Elijah. Who asked Elijah? God did. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, did you catch that? Because you're too quiet for me. God asked Elijah. It wasn't another human being. Now we're talking God, God of the universe you know, God, did you get this yet? God, thank you. But what is so amazing is the question he asked. What are you doing here? <laughs> Do you think he didn't know?
0: Uh, he did. <laughs> Let's read the scripture and kind of get us, get us going. We are in First Kings chapter 19. So if you have your Bibles, um, here are our online. Open to First Kings chapter nineteen, and this story is picking up. Um, I'll just do a, a brief summary. Last week, Elijah, he was the man of the hour, right? He had a success. He did exactly what God told him to do, and with that came success. But then he started depending upon himself, and he got into pride, and um, just once he once Jezebel decided to come against him, and just made one statement. He got into complete fear and went and hid. So this is where the story is picked up. He went from being, you know, top dog, the man of God on fire, one one attack of the enemy, basically the devil used Jezebel, and he bowed down like a scared puppy. So this is where we're at, and this is where we're going to pick up. First Kings 19. Chapter 19, verse 5, as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. And he arose, and he did eat and drink, and he went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Basically, in English, what are you doing here? This was a question by God to Elijah. What are you doing here? Now this is totally, positively the most amazing
1: parts in scripture. First of all, as we discovered, it was God who asked Elijah the question. It wasn't another human being. Then after he asked the questions, Elijah is lying down and a angel, not another human being, came and touched him on the shoulder and said, here, I made you supper. This is Linda's translation.
0: So it was supernatural.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. So that means that angels can go, Hello. Mm -hmm. Rise and eat.
0: You know, this just happened. Um, We think that, you know, this can only happen in Bible times. Uh, The earthquakes in Turkey, I was reading an account of a five-year-old boy that was buried underneath rubble for over, I don't know, 48 hours. It was a long time. And he said, uh, a man dressed in white came and gave me water and food. And that was a five-year-old boy that said that. You know he did not make that up. Amen. So, I mean, this, this happens, and it happens now. Yes. I just... And we've got to pay attention to this because
1: we skim over this part as if, oh, yeah, that's in the Bible. Okay, that's good. What do you mean? Don't you think God can talk to you? Don't you think he'd send angels to give you meat and food when you need it? And would he do it two days in a row like he did for Elijah? Of course he would. But think about it. Here you are, sound asleep in the cave, minding your own business. Well, feeling quite sorry for yourself (laughs) at the time. And an angel taps you on the shoulder. It does not record that he had any reaction except to get up and eat that's fascinating, and then the next day it happened again, and then the angel he must have known it came from God because the angel said, "You need to eat this, you need the strength because for the forty day journey you're going to take he didn't question it. he got up, he ate, and they went. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? Are you expecting something like this now don't misbehave to be an elijah i don't mean that but the supernatural things of God like this, I find it absolutely amazing mm-hmm. and such a good thing to read and go, oh, my word, yes. So don't just read this. Take time to really read and pray about it when you do so Father can tell you what he has in it for you.
0: Right. <clears throat> and I love the, the part that God ministered to his physical needs, yes. um, not just spiritual, because God cares about everything that we are we're spirit soul and body and i love that because sometimes you know we think that um the things that we do are not you know like specifically spiritual at home sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do okay is take a nap if you're tired i know that sounds stupid but god it's so hard for you to be that usable vessel for god when you're physically exhausted I mean, it's just, it's almost impossible.
1: Do you notice that God did not condemn Elijah? He didn't say, you are pathetic. I stood and did all this and you were here with me. You spoke for me. You prayed to me. You did all of this and then you ran away when someone threatened to kill you. He, you don't hear that. He does not do that. He come out of a caring heart to talk with Elijah, to show him. And not only that, as we go and you're going to actually physically see that God set things in order for Elijah to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, as I was studying this, it really, uh, verse nine stuck out to me, and he came into a cave and lodged there. And that cave kind of, to me, it symbolized like the human heart like what's going on in our heart, in the in the inner workings of your heart, in the depth of your heart that only no one knows except you and the Lord. And so the Lord is speaking to, to Elijah's heart, like, what are you doing here? Like, this is not where I called you. This is not. And it's almost like in John 16, when it talks about the Holy Spirit will come to convict. To me, it's like he convicts believers of righteousness. It's so, you know, you're behaving in a manner outside of your new nature, and the Holy Spirit will convict, not condemn, convict you of righteousness like this isn't who you are. Like, come on, Elijah, what are you doing here in that gentle way? And I even took it, um, my son Jonah, who's two, and, and he takes a stool everywhere, just like your O does. But his newest thing is he takes the stool and he gets into the refrigerator, climbs right in it. And I said this to him today, these exact words. It wasn't Elijah, but it was John. What are you doing here? Like, what are you doing? This isn't what I told you to do. And, you know, it's, it's a matter of obedience. And it talks about, I think it's in 1 Samuel 15 something, but it talks about obedience being better than sacrifice. And, you know, this isn't the there. The there. You know, in the last lesson, a place called there. You talked about it in uh, 1 Kings 17, I think it is. But this was not the there that God wanted him. He's now hiding in a cave in fear, Mm -hmm. unbelief. He's now scared because Jezebel says she's going to kill him. One woman. He just slayed, what, 400 prophets of Baal, Baal, I think it was. Right. One woman comes after him. It's like, what? And so, like... And God's like, what are you doing here? You are more than this. This isn't what I called you.
1: Again, let's talk about the human flesh for a minute. Because we're seeing how powerful it is. Again, who was it that was talking to Elijah? God. We're not talking about another human being. Who fed him? He sent angels to minister to him, to go with him. And then it's, why, Elijah, why are you doing this? One flesh action got him to this place. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing as we were studying through this so much today, was, look at your flesh, look what it can do. He just stood and had all these victories, and they weren't small victories, these were ginormous. And with a few words the flesh took over, and he ran. So the question I would ask you at this moment, to take a moment's worth of time and ask you, where are you? Are you running in some way and hiding? Are you letting the flesh beat you up for something? Because as we do this lesson, you'll see that God is victorious. He's gentle. He's a father. He is correcting But look how he does it so we don't have to fear him when we mess up or when we take a detour like uh, Elijah has done. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions here is Elijah wasn't there and there is where Father told him to go and this wasn't where God wanted him to be. So again, look how strong the emotions of flesh is to totally take you the opposite of what God said. After just... Having such a huge victory. Mm-hmm. And did he not outrun the chariot of the, uh, the mm-hmm. in this one? I mean, think about it. I've thought about that one.
0: And he prayed for it not to rain. It didn't rain for it three years. And he prayed for it to rain. Then it rained. I mean, he had victory. Yes.
1: And he outrun
0: a horse. He did. <laughs> 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 but the the thing was like his victories, his his successes turned him into being self dependent. Yes instead of God dependent. And that's even like the provision, the provision where he was fed by the birds, he was fed by the ravens where he was supposed to be. And then even here, God provided, but when I was studying this and I thought this was so good, this is Andrew's commentary, but it, it talks about provision in this situation. And he says, it's comparable to the way a quarterback throws a pass. He doesn't throw it to where the receiver is, but rather to where he's going to be. So likewise, the Lord sends our provision there to where he told us to be instead of to where we are. Those who are waiting on provision before they go are missing the point. And I thought that was so good because it's not faith then. You're still trusting in yourself. You're still like... And that really, it becomes a heart issue. And I think this stuck out to me more than anything. Do we really trust God? Do we really trust Him? Have we deemed Him and totally persuaded our hearts that He's trustworthy? Because any time we're relying on ourselves, any time we place our own agenda or our own opinion or self-protect or whatever, then essentially we're not trusting God.
1: I was led to this, speculative imagination. And that's what got a hold of Elijah. Mm-hmm. He was speculating. I mean, yeah, he was threatened, but he, again, he just outran a horse. So I probably think he could outrun Jezebel. Don't you think?
0: Yeah.
1: It was a small <laughs> horse. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <And> a, mean, <laughs> a mean woman and a small horse. Oh. We are not going to repeat what he no, says. We're no, we <laughs> <laughs> This lesson, as we talked about it last night, has so many rich things in it.
0: Yeah, so many applications. Yes. It really does. Yeah. And it's
1: not a regular lesson because there's the, you know we can't go one, two, three, four, and then we're done and out the door. It's <laughs> all about our flesh and our thoughts. And he shows us. But again, it shows the love of a father in such a way. This is uh, the daddy father. Mm -hmm. Um, for his kids. Like, where are you? Uh, You guys have got kids. Have you ever asked, hey, where are you? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I do expect expect an answer, don't you, when I ask that question? Because if not, then somebody's going to pay the penalty for that, correct? Uh Uh-huh. But not here. God says, Elijah, where are you? So then he feeds him. Then they get on the road and he's with him for this 40 day journey. And he arose and he did eat and drink and he went in the strength of that meat for 40 days. Can you imagine what did he really eat? We need it some was, of that.
0: It was yeah. Because I'm hungry the next day. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else. <laughs> so,
1: 40 days and 40 nights, he went to Mount, uh, uh, is that again, did we decide
0: how to pronounce um, that? Horeb. Horeb, I, yeah.
1: The Mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. Now, I think that takes faith because I would not want to go into a cave and lodge myself. There could be bats and rats and um, I don't know if angels go in caves, do they? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, then I'd be all right. So he lodged there and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, what I'm going to say in Linda's, Linda's words, what are you doing here? So, they're having a revival in Samaria, but the guy God used to spark it had fled. <laughs> hey, will you come and teach for me next week? And then next week comes and you don't come. What's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> the lesson isn't going <laughs> to no, be taught. It's not.
0: <laughs> I'm waiting on your point. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: He was supposed to be there where the revival was, but he wasn't. The man of God, the prophet of God who stood and did all these things. Mm-hmm. And here's this speaker, and he's not there.
0: Mm-mm. He's hiding in fear. Yes. So instead of rejoicing and leading the people where he was supposed to be, Elijah was hiding and complaining. complaining. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I looked up complaining because I know this verse... I love it. It's Philippians 2, 14. It says, Do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining and murmuring against who? Against God. And questioning and doubting amongst yourselves, so that you may show yourselves blameless and innocent as children of God, in the midst of a cro- crooked world. So that, to me, is the key. There's a lot there, but in the midst of a, of a fallen, crooked world with Us believers amongst unbelievers, and we act sometimes worse than they do. Like, you know, we've got bad, you know, countenances, like horrible looks on our face, and we're just mad or we're, you know, just all bunched up with everything. Why? And why would he think that God would not
1: protect him, even though Jezebel did say she was going to get him?
0: I don't know. Because he wasn't remembering the past victories, like yes. he totally got in the flesh. But, okay. but he's in there complaining and fault finding and hiding. And then I looked at Numbers, um, Numbers eleven one. It says the people grum- grumbled and deplored their hardships, which was evil in the ears of the Lord. When the Lord heard it, His anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them. So, um, it's just you know, sorry hiding and complaining murmuring grumbling you know just all of that that's nothing but flesh there's nothing spiritual about that
1: exactly nothing. and why and why is
0: this in the bible for us why is it literally
1: in here what because we, act that, way. Because we <laughs> act that way because we choose flesh over god to see this and to see how father does how he dealt with it how his his love still was there and taking care of him. We all know what happened to Elijah in the end. He got caught up in a whirlwind up to heaven. I mean, nothing got him. And his mantle fell off, fell over into Elijah. Mm -hmm. It says here, so the Lord, what says, what are you doing here? This is not where I want you to be. So we look at Elijah's answer. And he said, I've been a very jealous for the Lord God of hosts for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left. (laughs) Oh, you poor thing. And they seek my life to take it away. Okay. Does this sound like a victor's
0: song to you? (laughs) I love it because you can hear it. I have been very jealous for the Lord. It's the children of Israel that have forsaken thy covenant and done these things. I, even I only, Lord, am left, which wasn't true. That was not true at all. So, this is a totally false reality because he's totally gotten now into pride. Yes,
1: on my word, yes.
0: Yes, totally, totally, which is filthy rags. Yes. Yes. So, Proverbs 16:18 pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall and then just like you said um, if you flip over to 1310 only only by what pride only by pride comes contention Pride and insolence comes only by contention which contention is strife yes and that's strife is one of the most ugliest awfulest places
1: that you can get into. It's so totally destructive. There's no good in it. So we see, read that. And the first thing that comes while it says, instead of humbling himself, he justified himself. Mm -hmm. Then today, as I was asking father about things, he reminded me of John five, one through 15, where, uh, there's the, Jesus goes to the pool of Bastara and says to the man, do you want to be healed? And what did the man do?
0: made
1: excuses. Excuses. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't get into water because somebody always beats me before you get there. And besides, somebody's got to pick me up and put me in it. That's not what Jesus asked. He said, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be well? Yes. Mm -hmm. So again, and Father took me there to remind me that humble, you can choose to leave self-centeredness behind and return to your focus to the one you were created for you can choose to do that he chose to walk out of that position and get into pride and self-centeredness mm-hmm. he chose he chose it and it can come so sneaky mm-hmm. and you can be there before you really realize it
0: and it comes in the form like well i am right yes and i know that i'm right mm-hmm. and yes. no. and then it just the the snowball starts yes. flowing from there, and you know it doesn't matter if you're right; it honestly doesn't. Like, yeah. So Elijah was defeated. He was depressed in retreat, running from from his responsibilities, running from the Lord, everything. But he still wasn't willing to admit, God, it's me. I missed it. So instead, he's contending, it's the other people, what they've done. I'm the only one left. And this is no different than what Adam did in the Garden of Eden when he said, it's the woman you gave me. Hmm. (laughs) No. No. So, I mean, this is the same old blame game that started from day one of humanity. Um, The attitude is prevalent in society today. Very few people accept responsibility for themselves and their actions. And you see this. Everywhere, everywhere, you see it in marriages that are falling apart. You see it in like young people that I don't even know that they're taught to do this anymore. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know. So it's ah, but yes. And you know, the only person that I'm the only human that I'm responsible for is is me.
1: I am not responsible for you. (laughs) Thank you,
0: <laughs> no. I mean, as a parent, I'm responsible for my children up to a certain point, but once they get to that point, I am no longer responsible for them. And so like, it's you just see this everywhere, and there's always some excuse, and I love Joyce Meyer, she says, a definition of excuse is a reason stuffed with a lie. That's what an excuse is. I think that's so good. It's a reason stuffed with a lie. And that's exactly what Elijah was doing, because this wasn't even true, what he said. The Lord was giving him a test to see if he had repented, but he gave the wrong answer. He was deceived. He gave him an opportunity to change. Yeah, he, did. he didn't He did just
1: zap him. He gave him an opportunity to change, to turn away, to turn and make it go the other way. Don't you find that fascinating? Papa is not up there carrying a big step stick ready to whop you upside head when you do something wrong. He gave him a test. I do that today. I am teaching our little Odin sign language, mm-hmm. and today we did this uh, the sentence of. Hold that. Mm-hmm. Please, can I have a drink? our Odin's real quick. He picks it up very easily. And he'll come later on and use it. Now, in that position of me teaching him that, that made me his teacher, but I'm still his grandma. I didn't walk outside my position, which is grandma, to do something. Father doesn't walk outside his position as being a father for us. That's good. That was good. That was good.
0: (laughs) That's really good. I
1: sure wish I was smart enough to think of that myself. (laughs) That was just tasty. Okay, so the glory to God. And again, seeing that Father will give you a test, that gives you hope Mm -hmm. because there can be more to it than just what you had here. And he's saying, come on, take it, take it. And he didn't walk away and he provides through the process and he's there after the process.
0: And it means that if we don't get it right the first time, we'll just keep taking it. Yes. I mean, we're the ones who determine how long we go around that same mountain, yeah, so but he doesn't block our progress from. He doesn't say, okay, i you're just you're you're not getting it. Just forget it. go no. sit down he's He's patient, and he's you know willing to just stick stay the course with you until yeah. it comes. Amen.
1: But see, Elijah was deceived. Look at the power of deception. Yes, but you don't know what they said, or you don't know what they did. I don't need to. And in all honesty, you don't either. You need to know what Father said and what he did. And that's what you base your outcome on and what you're going to
0: do. So if you turn your page around, never under any circumstances are you the are you ever the only one who loves God. Anytime you think that, you're in big trouble because it's just never, ever true. And this is like it could be one of the definitions for self-centeredness. Because we're so wrapped up in ourselves and we think that we're the only ones standing in faith or we're the only ones that has this great revelation. But you know, like I when I was praying about this, it really brought it home to me that sometimes we don't like the vessel that God uses when they bring us a word or they or they or God brings like a picture of revelation through a certain person that you've already made kind of like a flesh judgment on. Like I don't really care for them or they're this or they're that. And they say something or they pray something and you can't receive it because you don't like the vessel that God's using to bless you. And you think that like your relationship with God is somehow superior to theirs. Just saying, I'm being real. That's That's too good.
1: And then you cut your own arm off and don't have your answer because you wouldn't receive from the way it came. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is really rather good, you
0: know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's see. Anytime yeah, sometimes you. Do I'm what? just going to say this. Sometimes it's not even like, um, like you have an opinion about sometimes. Sometimes religion, and I've come across this, so I'm just going to say it just because I want to. It's because I'm a woman. And if, if a man can't, you know, has been brought up to where the, you know, men are here. And we're, you know and a woman prays or a woman gives a message or a woman does something the man can't receive it and they've already turned shut it down before you even open your mouth yes. or it could be an age thing like Timothy don't let don't let them despise your youth it was up to Timothy not to do that, but it's because you know if you have elderly you know and you' the teacher is actually younger in age than the student and so it could be something like that doesn't matter. You block the blessing of God because you've already put that judgment call up and it won't come. And again, you have the answer that you needed,
1: you just delayed it. Mm -hmm. And then of course you can't get mad at God because he sent you the answer. But now I've got to get through my brain of what I am prejudiced about or against or for before I can even hear Elijah here Mm -hmm. was not willing to, to, he was too busy, wrapped up in himself to even, but yet he did get up and go. He let's, did. Let, let's give him that. He did get yeah. up and go. So anytime you think that you're the only one or the only one who loves God, you're in big trouble. Wouldn't I, I, when I read that the first time, I thought, who would think that? Because <laughs> that has never entered my brain uh-huh. ever, nor would it. I go to church all the time right. with people that love God. And God loves them. So yeah. so that was just a bit of a, but then I didn't live back there where he did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't walk in the places that he did. Mm-hmm. So we'll give him that part. So the Lord spoke to Elijah again. You notice again, keep paying attention who's doing the talking. It's so vital. Mm-hmm.
0: And he said, oh, you can do it. Oh, okay. He said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and then after the fire a still small voice. Look at what Father
1: used. The strength of an earthquake, uh, the strength of the mighty wind, the strength of fire. These were not just little things. I mean, they were huge. And yet Elijah was safe. Mm -hmm. They didn't harm him. He got to see this.
0: Right. And this is, um, there's so much here, like so many ways to just break this down. but. I, and I think we talked about this actually one morning in Sunday school. We want to look for the Lord in the spectacular. We want to see, like, you know, everybody's familiar with what's going on in Kentucky, right? The big revival. And that's awesome. And there's so many different opinions about that that I've read. And it's, no matter, it's awesome. God is being exalted. <laughs> and so... um, but the Lord is not always in the spectacular. Like there doesn't have to be, you know, like Mr. Wonderful roll into town, you know, the, that has his name in the marquee for you to get your healing. Steve can pray for you, and you get your healing. Sue Bell can pray, and it's and she can hear from the Lord and release the power, and you can be healed. It does not have to be in the spectacular. And I I hate because sometimes we can get, especially if you had like. A, a while, and I, I had this before, so I'm talking from experience, like a while of like this great emotional, tangible presence with the Lord to where it was so awesome, and you can almost get addicted to that feeling, to where then if it doesn't happen, you think God's not here, or what am I doing wrong, or it just it throws you for a minute, because that's awesome when that happens, but then that's not that's great, but faith is believing even when you feel nothing. So it's that still, small voice, that gentle whisper that as you're, you know, the hour of midnight, when you're laying in bed and it's quiet, it's dark, and it's just you and the Lord. And it's like, okay, talk to me, Lord. I want to hear you. So.
1: And again, it reminds me of Father's gentleness. Mm-hmm. He didn't yell and scream at Elijah. He talked to him in a still, small voice. Elijah has started off just listening to be still, to the still, small voice having a relationship with God. He started off,
0: yes. That's the key. Having that personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. That's key.
1: And he started there. But notice when he got to be a part of the big stuff. What happened to that relationship of this quietness, of getting alone with God?
0: Right. And I I posted something today in, in Facebook world. But I um, it says a ministry is no longer if a, if your ministry is not about people, it ceases to be a ministry Amen. because and I thought that was so good because I've seen it and but if if you are not concerned with just Joe blow walking off the street that needs a touch from God and and you're too you know too important or too you know, whatever to stop and minister to a person that can do you can do nothing for you, then you've missed the heart of God. Yes. Because you've missed the point. Ministry is about people. And, you know, that's that um this is that having relationship with God. Elijah started there, but then he got those victories and he started to get pumped up and puffed up with pride and now he is somebody. And and so then that's that's where the trouble started. That's where he went downhill from there. So um, when he was a nobody, nothing dramatic ever happened. Then the Lord spoke a word into his heart concerning a drought, and the ball started rolling. Because when he started getting all these successes, um, then he that's when he became puffed up. So yet later on, Elijah had seen God do so many powerful things through him that he'd moved away from the simple and gotten into the spect- spectacular. And then when the spectacular didn't happen, and it was just simple— that's where he struggled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: The Lord had spoken a word into his heart, not his head. Really pay attention to the fact that really father's not going to address your emotions, but what he has to say is going to come from the heart and it's going to hit home there. And then of course we get to process it in the mind, but that's where it begins. I have met many ministers who have seen God use them in great manifestations of his power. But after a while, that little zing, that emotional high they get from being somebody special wears off. Then they have to do something else to become someone special again. If we realize from the first place, I am someone special.
0: And their identity is in Christ and not in their ministry or whatever else. Yeah.
1: God loves me here and now. I don't have to do a thing for him to love me. I want to accept his love, but I can't do do anything to make him love me. He already does. When you keep repeating and rehearsing those words to yourself, that puts you in a position where true true humility lives, and it's a protector if you will go there and stay there. Then as you minister, like we get to he can talk about it and tell people, "Hey, I saw you today, <laughs> and I really loved what you did with Oh Jonah, and I want to know want you know I love you." Now I can tell her that, and that means something to her. Mm-hmm. But if I say to you, "In the midst of that, Father thought you were grand," that bypasses anything a human being says. So when you he was. The Lord has spoken to his heart. This was something that was put inside of him. This was something that was solid. The Lord put it there. Not some man, not some woman. The Lord did. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? Yes, you can, because we do this. We turn around and walk out of that position. Mm -hmm. We're nuts. (laughs) I don't know how else to say. We're just nuts. So, And then to have to do something spectacular again. Okay, what are you going to do tomorrow?
0: Spectacular. Um, Take a shower. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. We all appreciate (laughs) that. Right. Right. I might feed my cats too. (laughs) After, no, before you take your shower. Right. Right. So, in order to have to do something else to become special again, it it truly speaks, you are having a serious identity crisis because you've made your identity about what you do for the lord instead of who you are in the lord and you know like that and i guess it's maybe easy to do like you know in some personalities lend to go there quicker than others i don't know but it really comes down to that's pride and again self-trust so it's easy to transfer your dependence and faith away from god onto other things and again to me this speaks so much of a trust issue like from from the depths of your heart do you really trust god like do you re- i mean ask yourself this do i really trust him can i trust him with everything everything and not fall into you know fear at the minute you know something bad happens you get a bad report from the doctor Or you lose your job, or you know, you lose your marriage, or your kids literally go off the rails and you don't know why. And you've done, Lord, I've done everything I know how to do to fix them. Do you trust Him? And so, like this, to me, that is the lesson. I don't know. That's how my heart takes it. But the Lord was calling Elijah back to humility and intimate relationship in that still small voice. Come to me, Elijah. I'll give you the answers. I love you. I'll take care of you. I've already done it. If you just trust me. That's so good. I'm reminded of
1: this scripture that God goes before us and prepares the way. Do you believe it? do you believe it? Because you have to believe it to stay in humility and have that intimate relationship of trust. He goes before you and prepares the way. Is that always or just some? Always. Always. So what's the problem? So why worry and fear? Because Father has already taken it taken care of. He proves this when he, what house he prove it. He took, first of all calls out to Elijah and then he sends an angel to feed him two times, (laughs) two times, not just one. And then they go running off for 40 days and 40 nights and he goes into a cave and there's father again. Are you getting to see that you can trust him? He is there. Whether you see him or not, he is there doing for you on your behalf all the time. So Elijah had, let's see, he was saying, Elijah, you've gotten away from this. So Elijah thought, let's see, this woman's going to kill me. I've already ran ran a horse. I've had all this. Small horse. Small horse, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And in that place, I, you know, went to war and killed a lot of people. I saw the sacrifice, I mean a huge sacrifice, burn up. I mean, fire fall from heaven. Uh, I prayed three year and a half years, and it didn't rain. I prayed for a little while, and it did rain. <laughs> and someone saying they was going to kill me is going to really. What he went through was huge. And one person's words. Was able to simply. He said, uh, "I want to die." Yeah. I bet he could take her.
0: Uh, I would hope so. I would imagine. Mm -hmm.
1: But that didn't even come into his head. Mm -hmm. Instead, he ran. So to me, the lesson is about, yes, that intimate, trusting relationship with God. But stand still. Don't move until you've got your answer. Don't take off running. Don't take off running. And the mind, tell us to shush, be quiet. We are going to listen to God or we're not going anywhere. Oh, your mind loves it when you do that. Oh, my goodness. About a billion reasons to run comes to your head. And you say, no, I'm standing still. Then, then your heart starts to race right. to match your thoughts. Well, what's going to happen if? And then you say, oh, I remember somebody's nothing but a liar. So what you're thinking of right now, it's just the opposite. Right. So go have a piece of delicious cinnamon toast, sit down and have a cup of coffee and go, okay, what do you want to do, God?
0: I will have chocolate cake.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Oh, but I really know some good cinnamon toast. Yes, I could convert you to that. He was saying, Elijah, you have gotten away from this. So tonight my question to you, what have you gotten away from? Yes, I really want you to stop and think. Because this lesson isn't here and now for no reason. We didn't choose this lesson. Pastor gave it, gave this to us because it's in his series that he's teaching. So for us to be here and you all to be here is no mistake. It just didn't happen. We want to think stuff does, but it doesn't. So what out of this tonight is yours? Don't go home empty-handed. Ask the question. What
0: are you doing here?
1: Perfect. Perfect.
0: What are you doing here? So ask yourself the question and just ask the Lord, okay. Don't ask the Lord to use you. Ask the Lord to make you usable because there's a huge difference. Huge difference. Once you're usable, then you're able to be used. Before we go on... What happened to Elijah?
1: At the end of this? these scriptures, he did what Father wanted him to do. He got healed from his wrong thinking. He didn't run anymore. Father was able to tell him exactly, I love you going to read, I read the whole thing. The details of what he told him to do and, and how to do it and everything. And then at the end we find that He's taken up in a whirlwind, mm-hmm. not even any near close to this. these scriptures. Mm-hmm. So Elijah was healed
0: mentally. Amen. Amen. All righty. Well, we are going to close this tonight. And uh, next week, Pastor Chris will continue on in the lessons from Elijah, which are many. So um, we thank you for joining us tonight. And Father, we just want to close in prayer. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word, which is amazing. It's alive. It's powerful. It's (laughs) life-changing. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. I thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. So important. Whether you're here in, in person or online, the body of Christ is so vital. I thank you for it. I thank you for each person and I and I praise you, Lord, that you help us, Holy Spirit, to continue to get closer and closer to who you are, closer in relationship with you, closer in dependence in you, and closer in our ability to know without a shadow of doubt that you are trustworthy and you are faithful. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name.